This is MMA Sucker Radio. We cover all things MMA, fight breakdowns and recaps, fighter interviews, and all the latest news from the world of mixed martial arts. MMA Sucker Radio. You've just been sucker punched. Guess who's back? That's right, folks. Jeremy Brand here, another episode of Sucker Radio. It's the first one of 2020. And I'm not going to be like everyone else. I'm not going to chat about the upcoming UFC event. I'm not going to chat about the previous UFC event. I'm going to get right into an interview. I've got a kick-ass interview lined up, and that is going to go ahead right now. Joining me now is a man who has been behind the scenes helping fighters out when it comes to sponsorships. Uh, he's been behind the cage. He's He's been in everyone's corner uh, from names' names to, you know, everybody. Monster Energy, Triumph United, you know the name, Hans Molenkamp. He has been now inside the cage for a professional Muay Thai debut. Hans, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. Now, you know what? I, to be honest with you, you're a guy that I've actually wanted to chat with for quite some time. I'm a giant Monster Energy fan. <laughs> Not just a guy who drinks Monster Energy, but, you know, the whole, like, off-roading stuff that you guys have with, like, the trucks and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm uh, good buddies with uh, Dave the Voice Boyce, who's a guy up here in, in Vancouver. He, li- he lives in my neck of the woods. He runs a company called RDS. He, uh, I know he hung out with you at one time at possibly an Alice Mania, and he talked you up to me. And I mean, like, yeah. so your yeah. your names come into the mix a few times, and I've wanted to chat with you for some time. So this is really cool that I'm getting to do this. Right on, man. Yeah. Now, obviously, I spewed quite a bit right there. Um, I want to go back though. You you had your Muay Thai debut. I, I want to go way, way, way back before that, because obviously we can get to that. That's this day and age. Let's go back to how this whole thing started. How did you get into the, you know, the Monster Energy, the Triumph United? Where did all that business savvy style thing come from? Well, I mean, uh, I worked in footwear. So I started off in action sports in in the 90s. And uh, I worked for companies um, like footwear companies like uh, DC Shoes, and Osiris Shoes, and I worked with a company called Osiris Shoes for close to like 18 years. And that was that was the you know I was in skateboarding and surf and motocross and the whole action sports world for for quite a while. And when I was doing that, I segued into training. I started. I went years ago. I, I showed up and started training at the Lions Den, and then from the Lions Den, I went to um, like city boxing in San Diego. And um, that's where I met Dean Litster. That's where I met Jocko Wilnick. That's where I met Brandon Barra and a bunch of other people. And this is like the early 2000s where I started training, doing jujitsu and and Thai boxing and, you know, Valley Tudo and everything from from that side of of martial arts to kind of just do something different from what I was doing in in the action sports world. I was was really just kind of, you know, I I mean, I've been in skateboarding and surfing for so long that I wanted to kind of just just, you know, just branch out and do some other stuff. And I've always, I was always interested in jujitsu and, and, and MMA and, and the whole fight thing. I've, I've watched it since the beginning. And so I started doing that and, and um, I, you know, got really into it 
as is a, you know, personal thing. And I started competing and I started, you know, getting my belts in jujitsu and I started, you know, doing some, you know, just smoker matches, like high boxing smoker matches. And that, this is all in the early 2000s. And um, then I started going with Dean Lister and Jocko to um, Dean's um, pride events in, in Japan. So I cornered Dean with Jocko and, and some other guys out there for when Dean fought in pride. And, um, you know, I mean, I was already, so I got thrusted into just, I mean, just, I was deep into, you know, the MMA scene <laughs> without anyone even knowing like at that point I was how deep I really was. And I started sponsoring, um, some of the fighters like Dean and Diego Sanchez and, um, Brandon Vera, um, a, a host of, 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 you know, Rampage Jackson, all with the shoe brand I was, yeah. I was doing at that time, which was Osiris. And, um, I, we saw, we saw some incredible results. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that it was, it was starting to grow rapidly at that time in the mid two thousands. And, um, we were, we were seeing the results. I saw the results, you know, I was the, I was, you know, I headed up the whole marketing for the shoe company and, um, I saw the results instantaneously, not realizing how many people that were all watching, you know, the fights, but like really getting into it. So they all noticed that we were, you know, our, our logo and our brand was showing up on on these guys and that led into starting a company called throwdown in 2000 in the 2005 2006 we started throwdown and we started building cages and um and gyms and you know um we, we started making equipment and, and gear and i did that and i did osiris at the same time and trying to run two different businesses and, and i it I did that. I mean, I, I, that lasted for about a year and a half with my, my former partner that I was doing that with. And, um, we just kind of didn't really, I mean, it was, you know, it was a, it was a startup business and that part didn't work out for stuff that he wanted to do. Didn't want to work out with me. And so I ended up starting up another business, which was Triumph United. And so the, the secondary business in MMA for me, Triumph United, which started in 2000, yeah, 2006 ish, um, was the start of, like really getting deep into the MMA. And that's when, you know, I mean, I mean the original, I mean, I mean, I've had everybody a part of Triumph at one point in time from, you know, a lot of people got their start with me. Tyron, I was Tyron Woodley's first sponsor. I sponsored Connor. I sponsored Rampage. I sponsored Kimbo, Mayhem Miller, you name it. Like they, you know, they had been sponsored by me at one point. Like we have done deals with them and we, you know, we had got them, you know, equipment for, for their training to everything. And so, you know, just being a part of the scene and being behind the scene. I mean, like this is a lot of this is pre-social media. So, For sure, yeah. you know, so a lot of people, just, so a lot of people didn't see as much of me not knowing how, how much I was involved, unless you were, you were really, you're really in the industry. And like, you know, like if you're an agent or if you're a fighter, or if you're, if you ran the gyms, you would know who I am. But outside of that, like, you know, more of the, like the fan base, like of, of people, they didn't know just because, it, you wouldn't know. And, did you like? Did you like you that know, though? Because like you're so in the forefront now, and, and you know your face totally is known changed. now. Did you yeah. like being behind the scenes like that? Yeah, I did. I did. But then I, I had realized a couple things. Is that like so? Like like this. This is the thing. Is that I've been doing this for so long, and a lot of people like have just discovered me for the last like you know in the last like couple of years like like who is this guy like how does he know everybody yeah. like where did he come from and like why is he always in pictures and like you know why is Dan, like every little thing that i've done in the last couple of years has, has been pretty amplified and um you know especially considering like i i, I will be with 
some some heavy duty athletes, you know, like or you know, fighters that that like right before some big event that happens, you know, like and, and they'll see it and like you know, and that will transcend into them coming into my social media or them just realizing that like you know I'm a you know I'm I'm a figure in this space, but some of them don't know how long I've been here or how how deep it is. And um, years ago, years ago, my like within the first two years i got um tap out offered to buy my company you know tap out was making so much money they were buying companies it was weird it was like they were just like you know they're they were you know acquiring brands and they wanted to buy my company i was friends with mask and and dan and scrape and everybody and, and mask had told me and this is like right before he died like he's like hey you got to get out in front and i'm like what do you mean because you got to be in front you got to put yourself out there man i'm like nah 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 I'm the guy, I'm the guy that I, I want to be the guy that, you know, like makes the magic happen. I don't care if people see me or not. And he goes, no. And I wouldn't do it for so many years. I just <laughs> wouldn't do it. I was like, I would just be behind the camera. I'd be behind it. If someone were to like say, Hey, let's take a photo. I wouldn't be in it. I just wouldn't be there. And a lot of people just didn't catch who I was from that, from the fan, like, again, from the fan perspective, you would know from the, from the athlete perspective, from the, from the, you know, like from the, from the people that were actually, you know, working in the industry, they knew, I mean, like I've been around, everyone knows who I am from that side, but the, the fans would never have seen it. Like they, like how the tap out guys were doing it back then, how they were killing it. And mass was just, you know, he tried to push me to do it. And I just, I was, I just was, you know, I was like, I don't know, man. Like I didn't, I, I could, I mean, I saw how hard he had to work to continue to like, you know, like just do what they did, but he did it so good. And that team did it so great that they, they really transcended MMA in a way that it was, it was a, it was a global phenomenon. They created, they created such a mega brand and they brought so much attention to MMA. I mean, whether it was good or bad or whatever, I mean, they just did so much for MMA that like, like I wouldn't be around without those guys. My brands wouldn't be around. Monster would never have been involved in MMA. Like these things are so, like crucial to the growth of where we've gone that, you know, it starts with brands like tap out. And so I didn't do the deal with them. I ended up not doing this, this deal. And it was a huge deal. I mean, I look back and I go, Holy shit. And we're talking <laughs> like, um, I mean, millions of dollars for yeah. a brand that like that I had just started in, in a couple of years. And like, I mean, I've been around businesses for a long time and our shoe business was making, I mean, we were, and one of the reasons why is that like our, our footwear business that we did, we were made, we were, a very low. I mean, for a while we were we were one of the leaders in the um, in our category. We were making a lot of money, like a lot, a lot of money. And so, seeing this deal, you know, when they were coming through, I was looking at it like, okay, well, you know, this is going to continue to grow. I mean, I can hold off on this. I can continue to build. I didn't see, and I wasn't expecting the you know the crazy crash of how how MMA apparel would go in you know pretty much you know. Like a year after Matt oh, passed man. away, yeah, exactly the, the crash was crazy, but I did see how it wasn't. You know, it, it was a very unstable market, and it, the the barrier to entry was very low. Like anybody can come in and and spawn, you know, you know, whatever leverage their house, start a brand, you know, give a couple fighters, you know, some clothes to wear and pay them some, you know, some, a couple bucks and, and they're in, they're in, like they could, you know, they could get their brand and the, like mega visibility in the UFC. And then, you know, then the UFC started tightening it up and, you know, they started, they started requiring you to, you to, you know, pretty much pay an advertising fee, which started to, it started to level of competition out a little bit. And so we did that and I did that for, you know, for the duration of, of how long we could go 
with until the you have, until the Reebok deal happened. Yeah. And so all this was going on, and you know, I, I had like I said, I was doing the shoe business, and I was doing Triumph, and then in 2010 ish. Um, uh, I was approached by Monster to start an exploratory program with um, the MMA side of um, the business, which consisted of like a couple athletes. You know, the first couple athletes were were um, MMA athletes were Michael Chandler, um, were Dominic Cruz, and um, Tyrone Spong. And Tyrone Spong was doing it like a, a hybrid of doing it for glory and for yeah. when he was coming into um, into the MMA world. And so those were the first three. And then from there, um, we added Rampage. And then we started working with Bellator. And um, it became a um, it became a faster move. And, and it really exploded. Once we were on the mat with Bellator, that's when things really started like exploding for a for Monster and, and the MMA program. And then we started putting on events um, with with the super with like we started doing Bellator Supercross events at for we did a like a hybrid event at, at the Supercross where we, yeah. we were throwing fights at Supercross and then we did we did it at NASCAR we did Bellator NASCAR events and you know I worked with I worked with Scott Coker and Rich and and Mike Kogan and all the people over at Bellator to put on these like really cool events that we that we did you know and, and we were co-promoting them together and uh, then the um the the UFC the UFC deal happened and um that's what forever excelled and changed everything for the you know the monster and the and the MMA channels in general i mean like monster right now is the largest sponsor of all combat sports there's nobody that's even close to monster as far as this the reach and sponsorship when it comes to athletes gyms um you know coverage on on organizations nobody not and there's not one company so we we you know i like to say we dominate and own that market better than anybody else and uh that's just you know something that i've just been working on for the last 10 or whatever what is it 10 years now yeah no kidding you know you know it's been a while it's been a long you know i mean i look back and I, i go back to seeing some of the old photos of when i first started working on the program, like some old photos of Rampage and I, like when, when it first started, like old, old photos of Dominic Cruz and I, like in the early days of, of this whole thing, you know, and, and now it's, you know, it's nuts because now it's, it's, it's been, you know, we've had some, some crazy, uh, some crazy days with the, with the monster MMA program growing to what it is now. Did you have any, you know, inkling that it would get to where it was at when, when you were approached by them? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I told them this was going to happen. I go, if you <laughs> let me start, if you, I go, if you say, I go, because I, I know, I knew the capability of being able to, you know, take, take something like this because that's what I do. I'm a brand builder. I take things and I build, I build out the brand and I know how to market the athletes and I know how to um, utilize them and, and put them in, in ways that will get us heavy visibility and also track it back with the sales and the brand teams. You know, um, I'm also do. I'm not only. I mean, right now I currently also do um, CBDMD, which is a CBD company that has has entered the marketplace and has become a very big splash. And now they're the first CBD company that's you know on the Bellator mat. So this is not something that's like 
like I didn't just like figure out like oh like somebody somehow I got I kind of got dropped into this and like I just like got lucky it's like I've been doing this for a long time and you know from from building athletes or building brands or just marketing like that's always been what I have done I've never worked like, I wasn't like a Oh, like I used to work here and I just randomly got a job at Monster and yeah. they let me do this. No, 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 this is, this is all, this has all been strategically done in in ways that like, you know, that we, we've known that it was going to grow into what it is. You saying that you know how to build brands and you know how to market the fighters. I, I noticed in that interview that you did with Donald Cerrone that you said that not only you need to, you know how to build the brands, but these fighters that you want to sponsor need to learn how to build themselves. Now, how how yeah. big a deal is that when when you're choosing someone that you want to sponsor? You you don't want to have to build them anymore, right? You want them to be able to build themselves I mean, or have already built themselves. I mean, times that I'm going to look at somebody and say, "Hey, I'm going to have to lend support to this guy and I need them to just trust me and and trust the process that we're going to do and we'll work together and it, and it will excel in ways that like I promise you that that it will it will it will it will work and i have a pretty decent track record if you go and you look at if you look at the athletes that i've acquired or i've utilized you know through through the last whatever 10 years you know i've i've been able to use and, and find people that are that i that i think that are going to be you know that, that are going to have the spark some of them do some of them don't but i mean I'll say this is that I've had, I mean, like I, I've had multiple champions in multiple fields that have become marketing superpowers and I've worked with them when they were nothing. I mean, like nothing, nothing when, when they were just, just on their way up, you know, I mean, I shot photos of Connor on the beach in Los Angeles and not one person knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't not happen now. <laughs> came up to, not one person came up to us and think about this on the beach in Los Angeles, yeah. <laughs> any of all those photos that, that people have seen through the years of, of Connor on the beach, those were all mine. I shot them. Now, one person, not, uh, there was there was no hordes of people trying to get his autograph. There was nothing. There was nobody there that even had that gave one, you know, inkling of like this. This is a this is a, a this is a big fighter right here. And Connor had never even been to the beach in L.A. yet. So, like, that's what I'm saying is that, like, you know, and. And, you know, before that, like, you know, I mean, another big one was, you know, I, I you know, Boss Rutten is, 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 is a good friend of mine. And I've worked with Boss for a long time. And, you know, he, he introduced me to Kimbo. And everybody told me that, oh, that, no, that guy, why, why are you working with that guy? Turned out he, pretty, he turned out to be a pretty big name for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he uh, you know, the first three fights he had, he was draped in triumph. You know, um, Tyron Woodley's another one, you know, for, you know, all these, like I, I have, you know, I've been taught, um, through action sports and through skateboarding and through, you know, the, the different, you know, marketing, you know, areas that I, I came up in, um, I've been taught how to recognize and I, and I know just because I'm, I'm, I've done it. I was an athlete too, you know, and I, I competed way before this, you know, in, in other things. And so I've been around athletes my whole life and being an athlete, I know what it takes to, to, to push it to the level of being able to be successful in marketing yourself. I mean, like I ended up, I mean, my social media, my personal social media was always based around just, you know, it was, it was a really, 
it was really just based around like, you know, just the normal, like, Oh, some family stuff here. And then, you know, I, a lot of it was just my photography work and I was showing and I was trying to explain to some certain people that could not figure out. And these are, these are other, you know, athletes we sponsor. Uh, they, they couldn't figure out how to, you know, like I was just trying to tell them what they needed to do for social media. Like, no, you got to do this. No, you got to do this. And I was like, you know what? I'll just show you. <laughs> and I started working on my own personal social media. I mean, this is only a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. You know what I mean? I had like a couple thousand people that, that cause I was, I was low. I was trying to be low pro. Yeah. And I said, fuck it. I'll show you guys how to do it. And now I've surpassed a lot of people and my visibility and like the views I get go far beyond like most of like, I would say 80% of professional fighters don't get a lot of like the views I get on my stuff. And it's not because, I mean, of course you get in the, you know, you get in the 20% of the superstars that we're going to get it because they have millions of people already following them. But if you do the ratio math of how many followers I have, hardcore followers, about a hundred, whatever, 48,000, you know? Um, and then you look at the views on the stuff that I put up, you know, it, the, the ratio of my views compared to like some of the big, like bigger names that have tons of, you know, followers, they're not the same. Like I, I, I outdo them by, by vast amounts because I know how to get creative with my stuff because I'm the one who always has built it. I mean, I'm the, I've been the person that have had to like do the videos for everybody else. So when I do my own stuff, I'm like, Oh, I know this is going to work. I'm, and I'll redo it over and over and over and I'll know where to be. And I pay attention to what's working. I look at the stats. I look at, you know, I look at like, okay, so I need to be at around this amount of time. I, and, and some of them work that some of them that don't work, you know, I'm like, okay, so that one didn't work. So I'll pull it down and, and I'll, I'll redo it and I'll do it this way. And, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out, but I pay attention. I look, I really, really, really look at the metrics at um, what's performing and what doesn't. And again, that's why my, my, you know, like my, my, how, how much my, my social media has performed is, has grown at a rapid rate. And it's not like I'm doing anything that much different, but I'm also concentrating on it. And I'm a marketing guy, so I have an, I have a higher edge than most other people too. Well, and yeah, and obviously it shows with the brands that you've built up, along with the social media following that you've been able to garner. Um, how tough was this past Saturday night for you watching Cowboy and McGregor in the cage it was together? Tough. I didn't want to go. I mean, that's it's an interesting question you're, you're bringing that up because I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. And it was the first time in a long time. And I was like, I didn't want to go. And, and like, you know, I brought my wife to it and she like kind of helped me get through it. Yeah. Like, it was one of those things that like, you know, Cowboy was a triumph. You know, like I sponsored Cowboy for Triumph for many years too. And I spawned, you know, like I said, Connor, and like these are guys that have been with me before Monster and, and before like me doing stuff with, with them just on the, on a larger level with Monster. But they're also friends and like, like, you know, you, you, you develop relationships with people when you work with them at this capacity and, you know, outside of the social media and outside of working with, with anybody that like, um, you know, that, that just like, you know, like, like I said, from, from, from the outsider's perspective, like in some, if somebody doesn't know what I do, I'm like, Oh, like, well, they, they you know, he hangs out with them because you know, whatever he's responding. No, I mean, like we have to work together. I mean, like, I mean, I, my duty and my job is to be able to create a better marketing platform for them, their personal brand, and to be able to, to route it back for the brand that I, you know, the, the brands, plural, that I work for so that, that we can get, 
you know, the, the full value out of what we're paying for the athlete. And so they get in, you know, you know they get in real deep with me and we, you know, we travel the world together and we spend a lot of time together. And like, you know, like it's when you're not, when you're not, you know, <laughs> you know, the fans see two versions of these guys, they see them training and then they kind of see them in the fight. They don't get to see these, you know, the daily life of, of what these guys are when they're not doing these things. And, and that's when, you know, like someone like me, you know, and, that works with him and has to, you know, I mean, I hear a lot of, you know, the drama and the struggles and like the personal stuff that they're going through that, you know, that, you know, you, you become close with them in, in many ways. And so it's, it's tough. And so we're like, so, so with cowboy, you know, it's like, I was just with cowboy a month, you know, just not even that long ago. And, and it was the, you know, he was just, he was just waiting to hear if this fight was going to happen. And like, he, we, we found out about the fight the day, like the day after I left, is when it ended up going down and so you know it's like okay and then you know i'm like i was with connor a couple months before that you know and 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 connor was just debating on who he wanted to fight like we were talking i was with him connor brought me into this crazy private like i was in dublin and like he like we trained together we hung out and he brought me to this crazy airport like private lounge (laughs) that he set up for me so we could hang out. So no one, like, this is the thing. We went from being on the beach and nobody knew him to like, we had to go to this ultra private lounge at the Dublin airport that like had like, I mean, it was like, for, you know, the craziest celebrities going there, like, or diplomats and stuff. And Insane. so he set this up for me so we could hang out. And we, you know, we sat there and like, he waited for, we, he waited with me for a couple, I mean, like for a couple hours until my plane was about to leave. <laughs> and then he took off. And, um, you know, it was, it was crazy because, he, you know, like, you know, like he was just, we were just talking about who he wanted. He just was going through being, of course, he wanted to be like, that was it. Like you want, you know, he, he wants that really, really bad. And but like, who else would be, you know, on those lists? And like, so like, you know, I, I'm sitting here and it's like, you know, like you, you, I hear these things from two different people and you're, you're like, you're just caught in the middle. And then when it's like, oh shit, like two people I'm pretty close with that I, like this is going down and I know that there isn't any personal drama between these two people. It's, it's, it's a little rough, you know, like when it's like, you know, I'm friends with John Jones and I'm friends with Daniel Cormier and like, that's different, right? That's a different story because they actually truly don't like each other. Yeah. You know, Cerrone and, and Cerrone and, 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 uh, and Connor, like there wasn't any, there wasn't any beef. I was really nervous, man. I was like, I hope Connor doesn't like just get into it. Like, and like, he doesn't become, you know, like, you know, like, you know, it doesn't go down that route because I didn't, I didn't want to see, I just didn't want to see it with him in Cowboy. And he didn't. And it was really good. And he was very humble. And I was very proud of Connor for acting the way he did, you know, pre-fight, post-fight, everything. He showed a whole different light. And like, that's the Connor I really know. That's the Connor that I've known since, you know, since the beginning, you know, and that's the Connor that like, that, that I like to be around. And, and, you know, like that's, that's what it's all about, you know, like, and that's the thing is that I'm very close to, you know, his, you know, with, I'm, you know, with Kavanaugh and, you know, and, and James and, and his whole team, everybody over there, the whole SPG crew. Like, I think that they're like a second family. I love those guys out there, you know? So, you know, it's like, I didn't want to see this big weird rivalry go down that I was going to be like, Oh man, you know, this sucks. And, um, I was just nervous. I just didn't know how, I didn't know how the, anything was going to happen. And then just being there and then seeing it go down the way it did, it's just, you know, it was hard, man. Like I, I, I would have liked to see the, the guys like, you know, mix it up for a little bit longer, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's the fight game and shit happens and, you know, we move on and, 
what um what people don't realize is is that you know it's it's not like if you haven't been in that cage and this kind of transcends into you know just just everything like w you know wfc and 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 just in general for for um for for people that like that don't know or don't understand like is that have you fought before jeremy no i haven't I, i've competed in jujitsu but i haven't fought uh a fist okay, fight so, other than maybe okay, back so, in the schoolyard <laughs> yeah okay so this is the thing is that competing in jujitsu competing in um in kickboxing tie boxing competing in anything that is like on mats or in a ring is completely different than competing in a cage and i can tell you right and there's a huge 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 difference when it comes to competing in front of people and then competing at a you know, a pro level with lights and music and all this other shit going on. <laughs> and, you know, I've been going to these fights, attending them, cornering, doing all this shit since pride, since King of the Cage. Like I've been doing this forever, but I had never, you know I mean? Like all I had done before, like I said, is I had competed in on mats. Yeah. I competed on in rings, but I'd never competed in the cage. I, and one of the reasons why is that, I was never, I mean, I had, I had some major injuries that ended up happening to me. I had, you know, my neck is fused, my back is fused, my shoulders uh, reconstructed. But one of the main reasons is, is that like, I was always kind of more of a, like, I always went down the route of like, I wanted to get my black belt in jujitsu and I wanted to be very traditional in Thai boxing. Right. Um, I, I, I did one boxing fight and I've done multiple Muay Thai fights and I've done multiple jujitsu competitions. And I never, ever, I would never have, like, there was no reason for me to be in a cage, right? Because I was <laughs> never going to fight. I never wanted, I had no ambition. I work in MMA. I never wanted to fight in MMA. I never had any ambition to do it. I was just like, yeah, yeah. I rather, I like, you know, I, I would, I like to do these other things. That's just me, right? Nothing against it. I'm just more traditional. I mean, I got my, you know, it took me 17 years, but I got my black belt from Dean Lister, you know, and, you know, like, I like, I like traditional jujitsu. I love to just roll and, and do that deal. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, you know, you know, traditional Muay Thai and I'm a huge fan of Dutch kickboxing, but I just never have the inkling to like, okay, I want to glove up and get in a cage and, and, and fight that way. Right. And so, um, when I did it, not only was it crazy because I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to fight, you know, Matt gave me this opportunity and I'm like, okay, like I was originally, so I went through a couple different organizations and I went through four different opponents. Oh man. <laughs> and, yeah. And then the guy that I ended up fighting is like the lot. I mean, like this guy got brought in at the last second at the 11th hour only to save the fight. And I mean, man, like I got to say, I, I admired this guy for doing what he did. And I, my hat's off to him because I wouldn't do that. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm just going to go run in here and just fight some dude that's been training for a fight, you know, and, you know, like, and basically, you know, just, just not realize, like, like, you know, this guy was getting into it. Like, he, he, he hadn't trained for the fight, but he was coming to save the fight because he, you know, he was game and, and he, that's what he does. He's a fighter. He's a true, I mean, he's, he's, he had fought in the cage before. He had, so he already had the tactical advantage of being in there and understanding what he was going to go through where I had never done that. And, um, you know, so, so I'm there and I wanted to, I wanted to go in, I wanted it to be a, 
you know, I wanted to fight on the undercard. I wanted to be, I told him, <laughs> I just want to be with the first couple fights. I want to get in. I want to get out. I'm not telling anybody about this. I'm not marketing it. I'm not saying shit. I'm not doing anything. And I didn't, I didn't say nothing until the end because it got to that point where, you know, I realized that, you know, Matt had been, it, Matt and, and, and the, you know, and the WFC was, was doing me a solid by letting me do this. And, and I wanted to do this. And so I did at the end and I, and I, I put it out there. Actually, I didn't put it out there first. TJ Dillashaw put it out there and just <laughs> kind of just blew, blew my whole cover. And I'm like, fuck man, really? Why'd you do that? And he's like, I'm telling everybody. I'm like, dude. And he did. And that's where it just like, it got the news got out, everything got out and everyone started realizing that I was doing this. And, um, and so next thing you know, you know, I mean, this is the, the people that showed up to the to the uh, WFC was TJ Dillashaw, Juan Archuleta, Rampage Jackson, Chael Sonnen, Coach Kirian, um, uh, Marshall from Marshall Zelenak from from Glory, the president of Glory showed up. Uh, Jai Courtney, the actor, showed up. I mean, and then tons of my, all my friends, all my training partners, all these people that that I you know that I'm like, oh my god, shit. <laughs> I got like so many. And then they push me and they make me the co-main event. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, what are you guys doing, man? I go, I'm 42 years old. I've got two spinal fusions. My my shoulder barely works. I go. And you brought in this like total like like dark horse dude that I have no idea. Like this guy, he did not look the part, obviously. But guess what? Neither does Roy Nelson. Neither does Andy Ruiz. Neither does Butterbean. Uh, it, it, you, I'm never ever ever <laughs> going to discount anybody that based on their looks ever. And we all know this in the MMA world. That's the last thing you want to do because if you get a guy like Tank Abbott in there, you know, old school Tank Abbott, and you're like, oh, whatever. And he and he just starches you because you you think you're a badass. Yeah. Then next thing you know, I'm laying on the ground and I'm a meme. I'm going to become the biggest meme ever. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, look at the monster guy. He got smoked by that, you know. And they're not going to realize that like whoever you fought may have had like fucking 40 fights already. You know, and just may have just just doesn't care, and like, and that's that's the fight game, though. Is that like you just never know what you're gonna get? And I could have just easily said, I'm not fighting this guy. I'm not gonna fight this guy. I don't know who he is. I don't know nothing about him. I don't know enough that I, I just know that he's you know crazy enough to take a freaking fight on such late notice. But I don't know who he is, and I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, I have a lot. I have everything to lose here. Definitely. You've got nothing. Exactly. He's coming in. He's coming in fighting me. And, you know, like my reputation's on the line right now. And so basically, like, I'm, I got to just go out there and, and, and fucking do this. And hopefully, my, you know, my training and my skill set from what I've acquired over the last 20 years of training, which people don't realize that, you know, like a lot of people are like, Oh, did he just start training and he wants to do this? No, I've been doing this for fucking 20 years, man. There's a, <laughs> you can't like, you mean the, the things that, that I've been able to learn and, and do, it, it's taken me a long time and yeah, I'm older now. My body doesn't work the same, but you know, I still can do my, my, I can still do my kicks and I still can kick shit out of people's hands and like, I can still do my funny shit I do, but I mean, it still worked. I mean, and, and it, and I got in there and, and I took care of business and you know, I, I, um, but the hardest part, I'm sorry to get back to this, is that like, you know, I was sitting back there and 
and I started seeing the guys that were before me because I was, hey, I was, I was with everybody else, and I get no special treatment. I was, I was in the room with everybody else. We're all sitting together. We're all warming up together, and you know, you start to see the the early signs of of the carnage start rolling through. And again, me, you know, I mean, I was I, I cornered Jesse Rose Clark in in Moscow, and I, I don't, I I didn't, I hadn't paid attention. I mean, just just a couple months before I was and, and, and anyone I've cornered or anyone I've been a part of, I, I wasn't paying attention. I never had, you know, like a seat, looking at the other people's faces as they came back, if they lost, you know, and they're just all broke up, bleeding, you know, cut up all over the place. And I'm here as the, the co-main and I'm watching fight after fight, people coming back, just like, you know, losing their matches and just like crying and bummed out. And like, and now I'm sitting here going, holy shit like uh-oh like what, what am i doing like what am i doing right now like should i should i be thinking why am i doing this you know those thoughts all those thoughts run through your head and you're sitting there and you're just like i had this one guy sit right in front of me and is all lumped up he was just crying saying it's the first body he's ever lost and da 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 and i'm i'm just like man you gotta get away from me yeah. <laughs> like and so I move locations and then finally like I'm up and I'm sitting there and then we got to wait. And the hardest part, man, is not, wasn't the fight for me. That was not, that was the easiest part. The hardest part was getting from backstage to the damn fucking cage and, you know, staging backstage, doing that walk, you know, all the way from backstage, all the way to the cage, getting there, seeing Chris Laban, who I've known forever, see me. And he's like, Oh shit, what's up on? <laughs> he's a rep. He's one of the reps. You know, and making sure I have my cup and I have my stuff, and I walk in there, and then, you know, they shut the door, and uh, and it's on. And you know, I mean, I I was like, what if I break my shin? What if I'm fit? what if my surgery fails and I just crumble up like, like a ball? Like all these different things. What if I freeze? Because I've seen I've seen other people in this situation, man. And we you've seen it. You've been in the game. You know what it's like. They just freeze, mm -hmm. and next thing you know, they're getting they're getting mopped up. You know, I mean, what if I? You know, what if I I see him punk out? You know, and and and, I, and I'm that person, and, I, and and it just happens, right? And um, that's where those those thoughts start to go through your head, and it's a little bit, you know, and, and then knowing, like I said, that the guy that I'm fighting has been in there. He he was a lot more confident than I was. That's for damn sure at that point. And um, he, you know, he was he had bouncing around. He was totally normal. He was fine because he had done this. He he was already. I, you know, like this is the first time I, I've ever done it. I've worked in MMA forever. I ran brands. I own an equipment brand. I, <laughs> I do the, I, I do the monster team. I'm, you know, I do all these things. I'm with all these fighters. I'm doing all this shit. I train every single day, but now I'm sitting in there. Yeah. And now I'm now it's on me. And, you know, of all things, you know, ironically, I'm in a Muay Thai fight in a fucking cage <laughs> in which which it would have been easier for probably to do me to just put on some MMA gloves because you know I, I, we don't have like in Thai boxing you got a standing you got a standing count now yeah. so there's more opportunities just to get back up and there is no and, and there is no you know I mean like I said I'm a black belt in jiu jitsu I mean my submission game is going to be better than most people that are starting out right <laughs> so so I'm not worried about being on the ground. I'm not worried about like, you know, like taking anything like that's not even an issue for me, you know, but 
now I'm standing there and I have, I have another guy that I'm going to be, I mean, I'm gonna, we're, we're just going to be straight up, straight up violence, you know, and you know, that's it. And so, so we close the cage and we get after it and, um, you know, we start going and, and he, he rushes me like they, you know, my, my corner said he was going to rush me because he's an MMA guy and they thought they pretty much called it. So he did. And, um, he clipped me like, it was weird. I didn't, I, I mean, I go back and I'm like, how that happened? Like he clipped me with it. You know, he was, a, he was a Southpaw and he clipped me with it, with a, an overhand left. And, um, it, it stunned me enough to where it backed me up against cage and I had to get my composure and I got my composure and we start, you know, and then I, and then I, you know, I, um, I got my knees in, I kicked him. He tried to single leg me, which, cause he thought it was, I mean, he was I think <laughs> yeah. in his brain, like he was still in MMA mode. And when he went for that, he realized he couldn't do that, but it was too late. He was low and I need the shit out of him. And he went down. I need him hard. Like I felt the, I felt the air go out of him. And, um, he crashed, went down. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I, I was like, okay, he, I don't know if he's getting up from that. Cause I mean, it was, it was one of those knees that like, I felt, I mean, like it was just, it was, it, I felt it went, it went through him pretty well. And so he gets back up. I'm like, oh shit, he's up. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, it's tough. You know, he's up. So I, the, the next, you know, the next thing is, you know, we, we, we get after it again and, and, um, and I kick him in the leg, I feign a low kick and then I cracked him with a head kick really hard, the left head, head kick. And, you know, so hard that I thought I had broken my shin and I put my shin down. I thought it was going to, I thought I'd broken it on his head. And it, it was okay. It was just his head that made that <laughs> And he crumbled down, stayed on the ground, and right at the last second, he he did the Tyson Fury and came back up. And I go, God damn. Like, this dude is tough. Like, I mean, anybody getting kicked in the head hard that just gets up like that after getting need, like, and and just just getting up. I was like, oh, shit. So, now I'm starting to get a little bit nervous and the crowd's cheering for him because he got up twice. So they start cheering for him. They're all getting, they're telling him, yay. And that started, I'm like looking around like TJ, dude, shut up. I'm the one you came for, not him. <laughs> and, um, and so I just went and then I, then I just, you know, I went and I hit him really hard in the head and I felt my knuckle pop and, and, um, and he went down, he got like his head kind of went down and that's when I, I clinched and I, and I got, I gave him two heavy knees and that was it. Like that's when I knew I got him because I saw, I saw, I saw him kind of fold in, and um, that was that was in the fight. And so that's that's what did it. And I was just like, God, thank God I'm done with this. I was like, I just, I, I, I just didn't want to become a casualty of something that I produced myself, which is me getting into this stupid case. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it it was one of those like fulfilling feelings of of doing it and realizing that well, okay. You know, like I said, the hardest part for me was just, it wasn't the fight. It was, it was really just getting to that point, um, of, of doing it. And once that was done and, and, you know, we were all, we were all good. Um, he was, he was just, he was just very, very, um, fortunate to have fought me. He, he thanked me so many times and I was just, I told him, I was like, man, I just gotta say thank you for, for doing this because, you know, like you saved the fight for me. Like I wasn't going to fight. I didn't have somebody to fight. And like it's finding an opponent for me was not easy. I mean, it's like you, so you're going to fight me. Right. And you went, you, you beat me. You, you just beat a guy that's 
42 with two spinal fusions and a shoulder yeah. reconstruction <laughs> that also works in the industry. And this is his pro, first pro Muay Thai fight in a cage, right? So that's, that's what you're, you're beating. Or you're, you lose to me and you be, you, you lost to a guy that's 42 with two spinal <laughs> fusions. Like, you know, so that, that and, and it's like, Oh shit. Like, does that kill any, like, you know, like any of my sponsorship opportunities. And all oh, geez. You know, so I mean, I, there's a lot of people who are like, I don't know, why would I want to do that? You know, like that's like, I'd rather just support the guy than you know, try to fight him. I don't want to do that. And so, so, so Matt was like, like they're scrambling trying to find a couple people, and um, you know, especially like I said, like his last minute, and the guy that I originally was going to fight, he was a orthodox fighter. I trained for him. He was like totally 100 different than this guy. Like, you know, totally different build. Like. You know, you know, just totally different person. And, you know, that, I mean, that was one of the realest part about the realest part about, you know, you, the, these experiences that most people don't think about is that just like, oh, just not getting, I mean, not getting sick before the fight. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was getting a cold and I was like, like losing my mind. Like, oh my God, am I going to get sick before the fight? Like all those little things like play in action that people just don't know. And like, you know, like other, you know, you have like other like personal drama in your head that's happening. And, and you, you just don't know. So like all these people, anybody that, that has ever talked shit on any fighter that, 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 you know, that may have not given his best performance or, you know, maybe, maybe they, you know, like they, 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 they lost fast or they got some, any of these things, man. Like just the fact that they're in there, just the fact that they're doing it, just the fact that they're pro fighting, that's enough for me. Like that's enough respect for me because guess what, man, like unless you've done it, unless you've been in there, you, it's it's really it, it's hard to comment on something like that it's like saying that like you know like you know you you, you know oh, i would fly a jet different than you you're like yeah. <laughs> when have you ever flown a jet you know what i mean like yeah. oh well you know like you know like i could get in there and beat that guy up you're like, okay then go do it go and do it like put up or shut up and go fucking do it like that's that's the, the mentality that people just don't realize is that like you can go and talk shit and say, oh, that guy sucks or this guy's not worth it or that guy's a bum. You're like, oh, all right. Well, guess what? That bum's in there doing it. You're not. For and sure. that right there is enough motivation for you to go and try to do something for yourself and not talk shit on somebody that's doing something for themselves. And that's that's the thing is that like I, I get I get bummed out when I and, I, and I'll and I'll check people on it all the time we're like oh that guy fucking sucks man i would have fucking beat that guy's ass i'm like how many pro fights do you have oh well i mean i i'm not a pro fighter then like then what the fuck are you talking about yeah like you would have beat <laughs> that guy's ass right you're also gonna run for president you're gonna be a better president too and you're gonna also you're gonna also what else are you gonna do are you gonna you're gonna go like drive a fucking you know, a, a monster truck too. And you're going to go, you're going to win the super cross because guess what, buddy? Like you're, you're not doing any of those things. Open so heart surgery tomorrow. Don't talk, don't talk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and it's like, you know, it's like the people that I've got a lot. I mean, I've got a lot of shit talkers on me and they say a lot of dumb shit, but they're also like not realizing that like, Oh wow. When's the last time you had a fucking spinal fusion <laughs> yeah. or two, you know I mean? Like, I mean, I'm not even, I mean, like, honestly, I didn't even know if I could walk. I mean, my, I have my, my back, my lower back is fused up my neck is fused up my shoulder has two bolts in it and i can barely i can't even lift it above my head and i mean i'm doing this because i just i mean i really truly hope to inspire anybody that, that has any inkling of of desire to 
start training or do better for themselves. Anything. That's all I want to do. I just want to help people. I mean, I'm like, I want to show people that not only can you can you make it in the business world, but you can make it in the in the physical world too. You don't have to have limitations. If I can do it, anybody fucking can do it. And I'm just saying that. And you know, I mean, my my success from from business and from from the stuff that I've done is just down from an un you know relenting like ideology of not giving up. I'm not going to give up, and I'll do it. And I and I done it and that's how I want to be and that's how I live that's my that's like just the motto that I, I I live by I mean I've started multiple brands you know I've worked with, with you know athletes that were nobodies that became mega people and yes I have fought in the cage and I can say that I fought in a fucking cage <laughs> and nobody can take that shit away from me you know you can't you can, you can, you can say whatever you want to say or however you want to say it but eh, anybody that's fought in the fucking cage usually would would agree with me on this one and that it's it's it takes a lot of fucking you know heart and balls just to get in there and you know like i said the walk and the and just the just just to do this whole thing just to be a part of uh, of something that is is like that is is a uh it's a treat in itself and i do i do think that you know like it's not i mean it's not for everybody i'm not saying everybody needs to do it but i do think that people should think about what they say about other people that are doing it inside there and realize that like if, if they haven't done it or they don't like actually fully understand what's going on then they should probably hold those comments back that's just me and that's i know that i'm, not, that I'm never going to change the world on that but that's just how i think for sure now you spoke a ton there about your uh, wfc 119 co-main event which wasn't supposed to be the co-main event uh i'm not going to talk about the fight itself because you basically broke it down uh inch for inch there for me um but what i do a couple things that i took away from that and what i want to ask is you spoke about the toughest part being the walkout now the walkout is something that a lot of fans don't necessarily think about but something that has to go through your head is what you're walking out to and that walkout music so what did you walk out to and how did you choose that Oh, that was the best part, man. I'm glad you just brought that up. That was the best part is, is, is actually, cause I mean, you, you have to, you know, like, that's like the, you know, like, that's it, man. That's your walkout. Song, exactly. You know? Like, <laughs> like, like that. So, so I went through, I went through so many songs and I sat there and I was sitting there with, I sat there with Rampage and I sat there with Tiki and I sat there with, jesse rose and like we all like we all kind of went back and forth and i like then i would talk to some people about it and um and i you know I, and and um i was you know my main my main head coach on this whole thing was uh mike lamare he's a glory kickboxer and I, I was like hey man what do you think of this and it was it, it was uh it, it was tupac with james brown and it was from the django and chain um uh soundtrack it's called um it's called payback and uh that's what i walked out to Beauty. Now, obviously, you got in there. You got the job. Have you done. heard it? I haven't. I'm gonna have to check it out after this. Oh, you gotta check it out. It 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 it, 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 it starts off as a, it, uh, "Am I wrong because I want to get it on till I die?" <laughs> that's, that's a Tupac verse, and I thought it was kind of appropriate, you know. And and the whole thing is 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 a pretty badass song, and it's like a it's a nice little ode to like wanting to get it on till you die <laughs> exactly <laughs> for sure right now, now saying that i guess you got in there you got the job done getting it on till you die is the itch still there will you do this again oh yeah we're already working on another one right now muay thai or you want to do mma right next 
No, Muay Thai. <laughs> no. Come on, man. I'm leaving that to the MMA guys. I'm not trying. Like, look, I, I, I like to like. If I'm gonna do, if I want to go on the ground, I'm gonna do a jiu-jitsu tournament. If I'm gonna strike, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do Thai boxing. That's what I like to do. You know, Thai boxing, kickboxing, whatever. But I mean, look, I am not, I'm not gonna, I am no way in any way gonna even pretend that I'm gonna do MMA. That's not happening <laughs> at all. Fair answer. Maybe it will. Who knows? Hey, maybe <laughs> it will. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I mean, it, 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 it right now. I'm, I, I'm very, I'm in my. Thai boxing stage right now where I'm just really into or I kickboxing Thai boxing both I I, I want to be very equal on this one because uh, you know sometimes the rules will have to change and, and depending on how the promotion wants it I I don't really give a shit I I would much rather choose to be able to throw throw knees and elbows but you know um if you can't do that then fine I, I'll take kicking I like kicking things if, if you haven't noticed I really like kicking things out of people's <laughs> hands and and that's you know kind of my 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 shtick when I'm around some of my guys and and I and I have the opportunity is I'll kick shit out of their hands and that's what uh that's what I'm known for doing you know on, on my little Instagram world <laughs> and so so I also like kicking people on the head too so that's that's the thing is that I want to keep this I want to keep the fight standing and I want to keep the fight you know moving at at a pace that that I can kick things. <laughs> well, I guess if you want to build your Instagram following, kick things on your feed. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, but you got to you got to kick them right. You yeah. got to have a kick and have have fun doing it. Like, cause cause if you you know I mean you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to look, look weird. <laughs> exactly. Now, you, will it be as hidden as this fight was, or or will fans know about it? Uh no, fans will know about it. I'm, I'm we're still trying to um we're still trying to figure out where we're gonna do it at and who the opponent is like like. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to leave that up to Matt. Matt's really good at that kind of stuff, you know, for sure. Now, finally, I guess, before I let you go, you, you spoke about, you know, how nervous you were for Donald and Connor. And and I got to ask, you said that you sat in that, you know, that airport little room with Connor and he was talking about fighting Khabib. Do you think, you know, Dana said that Khabib and Connor will be the next fight that they have, which you know, sort of, sort of awkward because he's ruling out Tony Ferguson completely from Khabib. But who do you think Connor will fight next? No, because I don't think. Look, I don't think I don't think Khabib beats Ferguson, man. <laughs> Come on, like let's be honest. I'm going to be straight up. Like you, oh Kakui, like like. I mean, wh- look, come on. I, I I'm just saying that like you you can't. You cannot count El Kukui out, like and so so to just think that first of all, I think that's a bad play. But I think that I think that this is the thing. I I on my personal opinion, I think Ferguson wins that fight, and I think it's going to be. This is what I think happens: is that it's either going to be Nate or it's going to be Masvidal. Which would you rather see? So this is where it gets tricky. <laughs> um, oh well, from the fan perspective, yes. And I'm just gonna say, say I'm gonna say this from the fan because both of these guys are my boys. And uh, both, yeah. I like them equally the same, and I would <laughs> totally step back. But I also know that this would be different because I know that you know, as Cowboys game is not shit talking. He is not about that. He's a totally different guy. Well, my boy Masvidal is different. <laughs> so, uh, I think that Masvidal and Connor together would would 
erupts in a way that people would like it would be it's the mega fight that people aren't even realizing is the biggest fight in MMA history. History. I'm calling it right now. I'm telling you right now, that's the biggest fight in MMA history. Because what will happen is this, is that they will go back and forth and it will be fun to watch and they both can handle it. And guess what? When they get in that damn cage, those are two formidable opponents with styles that will make the fight. And it will be phenomenal. You're not going to see a guy that's going to try to out-wrestle Connor. And you're not going to see a guy that's going to try to, you know, like, just just stay away and, and, and outpoint, um, you know, Masvidal. Like, this is a fight for all fights. And it, it, it needs to happen. And that's the fight that I think that would, would be, the, like, would be the, the one that everyone will talk about for years. You heard it here. He is Hans Molenkamp. Fought his professional Muay Thai debut uh, a couple weeks back at WFC 119. Hans, man, it's been a pleasure, and I really appreciate you joining me. I, I thank Jen for setting this up, and uh, I would love to have you back on either prior to your next uh, fight or, or even after uh, after you get the job done, man. So I appreciate you coming on. Anytime, let me know uh, how I could help you guys promote this thing and, uh, and get it out there. But I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. That was Hans Molenkamp, the man behind Triumph United. He is the man behind the Monster Energy MMA side of things. And as he spoke early in the interview, cbdmd.usa, you can check out all those things on Instagram or you can check him out on Instagram at Hans Molenkamp, that's H-A-N-S-M-O-L-E-N-K-A-M-P on Instagram. Check him out. He likes to kick things, as he said. Uh, Awesome interview, almost an hour long. Man, that guy can talk. Uh, Very excited about getting in the cage, and, and it sounds like he's very excited to get back in the cage. So thank you guys for joining me on this episode, the returning episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. Check me out on Instagram at Jeremy underscore 604, on Twitter at JeremyBrand604, and check us out at MMASucker.com, also on Instagram at MMA underscore Sucker, and on Twitter at MMASucker. Those are all the social media things. Make sure you follow us on uh, all your podcast platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out. Uh, That does it for this week. Hopefully I will be back next week with another one. I'm out.